The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. I want us to get into our thinking point for today. And we're looking at the Road Traffic Infringement Agency. They seem to be uh, questionable salary increases that have been taking place at that particular agency over a series of years. Let me welcome Jill Gifford, who's a senior journalist for the Sunday Times. Jill, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Hello, Jill. Morning, Kathy. Oh, fantastic. All right, we've got you on air now. And Wayne okay. Duvenacher is the outer CEO. Wayne, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. Nice to be with you and Jill today. Yes. Uh, Wayne, I'll come to you in a moment. I just want to give Jill an opportunity mm-hmm. to give us a, a bit of insight into the investigation that she did into yes. these salaries at the Road Traffic Infring- Infringement Agency. Jill, what, what were the red flags that you noticed that actually caused you to dig a bit deeper where the story is concerned? Well, um, I suppose it was when I started when I covered the um, court case at the Pretoria High Court where they found that the whole Archer Act was defunct, basically. It was unconstitutional and it should be done away with. Now, the RTIA is the um, entity that that manages Archer. So if Archer doesn't exist, my question that I put to the RTIA was, will you now be disbanded? Like, what is the point of your existence? And it was it was while speaking to um, Stefani Fitt from Outer, who was part of that court case, that she, she made a comment to me and she said to me, you know, these guys earn huge amounts of money. They earn millions. So that was when I, I um, looked into the, the, the um, annual report and I saw how much these people were making. And um, I then phoned... Um, a revenue uh, a remuneration expert. She was really, really on top of Jill, Jill, sorry to interrupt you there. We seem to be losing you on the line. I'm not sure if you're able to uh, move around a little bit for us, but the quality of connection um, isn't too great. Uh, But let me give you a a chance to continue. I think that sounds better already. Okay. Yeah, I've moved a bit. Yeah, so um, he he explained to me how government salaries work and that it's a fair system and you know, he really gave me some kind of like a tutorial mm. on his government pay grade and why, you know, you can have someone like heading ESCOM earning more than the president. So once I got that and then I started looking at these salaries, I saw that they're going up and up and up every year. And it seems like like the executive budget, the pay for executives, remained the same, but they, they just weeded out every year from 12 people down to four people, so which meant that salaries were going up two, three times in a year. So, yeah, that, that's where, where I started looking into that and going deeper into that. So you're, you're dealing with an organization that has a shrinking number of executives, but for those who remain uh, uh, you know, as part of the executive management team, their salaries just seem to be on the increase. Jill, I want you to give us some of the figures uh, when we continue with this conversation. It's now 9.30 and Musa is standing by with your headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. 
We continue the thinking point for this morning. Jill Gifford is a senior journalist for the Sunday Times. Wayne Duvenage is the outer CEO. We're talking about the salary increases at the Road Traffic Infringement Agency. And Jill is the one that has been doing the significant amount of work in terms of bringing the story to light. Jill, I want you to take us through some of the numbers that absolutely blew your mind away as you were doing this investigation. Well, one of the things that that struck me was um, in the one year, the the, um, executives took the um, total amount of money for the entire department that was budgeted for um, (coughs) bonuses and rewards, and they awarded 54% of that total just to the executives. Mm. And... (laughs) <laughs> less than 50%, obviously, to the rest of the agency. I mean, that is just insane to me. Like, they like took more than half for an entire department for themselves. And the, the former registrar, Jeff, Jeff Chewy, in, 19, in 2019, his salary package with bonuses and everything for the year was 3.3 million rand, which was significant. But then in 2020... It went up to 10.8 million rand hmm. in one year. And what was it's, the justification for that? They, they gave lots of, of, of reasons for that. They, they, they said it was um, the one time it was restructuring, it was short-term bonuses, it was long-term incentives that vested, um, performance bonuses, things like that. They, they had, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's over for, for a, a 200% increase in, in one salary in the, in the period of just one year. Yes, actually three hundred more than 300%. Sure, wow. And, and, and the average salary for the executives that you also investigated? Um, so the, they, uh, the, the, the average, they, they each earned over 12 million since 2016. Between 2016 and 2020, sorry, the latest figures are not available because they got an audit disclaimer. So those figures have not been tabled yet. So, I mean, it could well be huge, hugely up on, on what, what we know. And Jill, when you then try and make sense of the work that they do and the salaries that the executives are paying themselves, what did you find to be the role of the board in all of this? That, that to me, was also mystifying because um, Alpha helped me a lot with their, their investigator and, and sort of just looking at, at what we're getting for, what, what we pay for. Now, the RTIA only does traffic infringements. So um, they don't do criminal cases or, or, or any of your drunk driving or like the the, the, the kind of road offences, road traffic offences that, that lead to death and carnage mm. on the road. They, they only do kind of your petty crimes. So it's sort of not stopping at a stop street or um, uh, smooth tyres or expired license disc, something like that. Now, they're making millions and millions and millions from fining motorists for this and sort of using it to fund their little empire. Um, But at the end of the day, what what is it that they're doing for the country? 
That's that's what's my question. Mm. Wayne, let me bring you into the conversation here and, and talk about, you know, y- your own reaction to the story and to, uh, you know, these details of just how the executives of the Road Traffic Infri- Infringement Agency seem to have been effectively lining their pockets, whether justified or unjustified. Yeah, look, it's it's totally unjustified they've failed in their um, role to implement R2. It's been a a debacle from day one uh, with all the amendments and and I think Arta set out um, some time ago when the latest amendments, I think in 2016, 2017, uh, were seeking public input. We could see that something was really amiss with this uh, whole R2 plan. It was another uh, rendition of the ETOL debacle where it was just unworkable. You know, this this notion that government introduces law and everything just falls into place. And if the administration is bad and people can't participate, they collapse. These systems collapse. And uh, and so we tried to reason with uh, RTI. We attended a number of their engagements um, and they didn't listen. You know, they didn't want to entertain our questions and concerns. Then we held a separate workshop and invited them. Initially, they said they would join us, but they didn't. And that workshop, we gave them the results. And it was really to say to government and the RTIA, if you go down this road, it is a problem and there's possibly a constitutional challenge looming. And they just ignored us. Uh, we wrote to the, the Department of Transport, the minister, and there's this, uh, this, this deathly silence. So we embarked on that uh, plan uh, to interdict it. But um, getting back to your question, if you just look at these financials, how can an executive team uh, earn salaries when a scheme has com- not never got off the ground? Uh, all the plans that were in place, and they got a lot of money given to them by government to get going, uh, never materialized. And we saw last year the Minister of Transport, I would have been highly embarrassed if I was him, saying all the way through the beginning of last year, we will be launching in July First of July, R2 state takes shape around the country, demerit point system. Comes mm-hmm. 1 July, no, it's not happening. Sorry, we're going to structure a phased roll-in. It's just, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. This team has failed, uh, the scheme has failed, and the executives pay themselves massive bonuses. And that's why I think Jeff Chewy is no longer there. But the question we've got is, well, what is the government, uh, what, is, what is the Department of Transport doing about it? Are they going to go after him? to get these funds back because this is uh, this is abuse of power. I want to come to you quickly, Jill, and talk about this issue of accountability. The Auditor General had continuously raised concerns about, uh, you know, some of what was happening at the Road Traffic Infringement Agency. What became of those issues that were raised? And do you find that there has been any attempts then to implement some of the recommendations of the Auditor General? That is difficult to to, to find out because um, basically with the audit disclaimer, what what the Auditor General was saying was basically your record keeping is so bad, I can't even work out what's going on. Um, So what what has happened now with with the disclaimer is that um, so the staff at the agency still haven't been paid their bonuses for 2020. So um, they all saying, well, you know, they want this sorted out so that they can get their bonuses and what have you. And um, 
it, the whole thing seems to be stalling. So they haven't even tabled the annual report for um, 2021. Wayne? So the, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me bring you in here just lastly, Wayne. In terms of mm. accountability, what needs to happen now? Well, the minister needs to take a hold of this uh, diabolical situation. He, he needs to uh, in, introduce independent investigations um, and uh, look at the uh, Auditor General's uh, reports and, and hold people to account because this is a problem we have in this country is that so much goes wrong and nothing happens. People just mm. get away with it. So we need accountability uh, for the executives who did what they did, the CFO as well, um, and if they broke the law, if they paid themselves these fat bonuses or the board was uh, erred in their oversight, uh, uh, then we need to see accountability. We need to see if we can get the funds back uh, and let's fix this mess and deal with the issue that it is unconstitutional uh, and engage with civil society so that we can find a solution because we don't want lawlessness on our roads. We want meaningful implementation of government's policies. But if policies are set up to fail then they, you know, this crisis of legitimacy just continues to perpetuate. So we need accountability, but the, it sits right at the top. The Minister of Transport is just failing in his duties here. Wayne, thank you so much for your time. Wayne Dubinage is the outer CEO. Jill, thank you again for coming on to the show and great work on the story. Uh, Jill Gifford is a senior journalist at the Sunday Times. I mean, can you believe it, right? How does a salary move from 3.3 million rand in, in one year to 10.8 million the following year. And the fact that they took over 50% of the money that was scheduled for bonuses for everybody and paid themselves. They literally paid themselves. I suppose beyond even just the legality of it, it's about, you know, what what is morally good? <laughs> and, and maybe this is not a good question to ask because... Again, it seems that when we talk salaries, whether it's in the corporate sector or the public sector, there's a way that those at the upper end of the hierarchy always find to justify why they get so much more than everybody else that's at the bottom of the hierarchy. But we really need to start asking serious questions about the morality of of it all. It, can it ever really be justified? Can it be justified? And I'm actually wondering now, you know, what does what does the average worker at an organization like the Road Traffic Infringement Agency earn?